Welcome to the latest word from the church at Severn Run. Our church is located in Severn, Maryland, and is easily accessible from anywhere in the D.C. Baltimore area. You can subscribe for regular updates or check in weekly for the latest information by using our website, severinrun.com. Thank you for visiting. And now, today's message. Good morning, everyone. It's great to see you guys today. Uh, we're going to jump into the kingdom being revealed in Matthew 13, 34 and 35, 44 through 46. Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. He didn't say anything to them without using a parable. And so was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables to utter things hidden since the creation of the world. We are alive and awash in mystery. And one of those mysteries that is greater than really, it is the mystery, is what, what God is like, what his kingdom is like. And so Jesus tells us in a single sentence what will take a lifetime to explore and unpack. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again and then in his joy went out and sold all that he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he had found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to enter into mystery. Father, that you would help us to understand the parable. Most of all, God, I ask in Jesus' name that you would reveal your kingdom to us in a way that has an eternal impact today. I pray this in Jesus' name as all God's people say, Amen. Amen. So I want to just ask you this morning, why settle for what you can see? Why settle in your life for, for just what you can see when the God of parables is seeing so much more and trying to show you so much more, trying to show me so much more? If you believe only in what you can see, then you don't believe in radio. I'm serious. Don't use it anymore. I don't want you to go out in your car anymore. GPS, off limits for you because you can't see those little signals coming from outer space. Outer space, ha, like that even exists. <laughs> if you live from only what you can see um, and that's all you're going to accept, then you can't use your microwave anymore. Now, for about 78% of us, we're going to starve from here on in because uh, that's how we cook nowadays. I hope not. I hope you don't. If you don't believe in more than what you can see, then I want you to stop breathing air because you can't see it. Silly, of course, right? But the mystery is that there is more to life than what we can see. There are more spectrums of light than the visible eye can see. I still find that hard to believe. I know that it's true, but what it speaks to is a reality beyond uh, what I can see and even what I feel. It really doesn't matter whether I feel like ultraviolet light is real or not. It is. And the same way God is here today, though you may not be able to see him, and he is speaking to you in parable to show you a kingdom you cannot see that 
must become more real to you than a world you can see. For some of you to personalize this, in your own life, all you can see is that you're stuck. And, and the feeling may be, my life will never be more than this. Well, that may be what you can see, but it is not what God sees. God sees eternity, and, and from everlasting past to everlasting future, um, which is a mystery, as is a God without beginning, that is a mystery. And if you say, well, it's just the universe is here because stuff banged together, then where did the stuff come from to bang together in the first place? Why is there anything? How is there anything? This Mystery is a part of who you are. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, God has set eternity in the hearts of men. So deep down inside of you, there's this war going on because part of you is going to lean towards only what you can see and there's this other part of you that can see beyond what you can see. There's this other part of you that knows that you are eternal, that longs for um, connection with your creator. And so, so in those moments when you say, I, I can't see any way forward, um, you know, in those moments where you say, I'll never amount to anything, in those moments where, where life just seems to close in, you need to understand that just as your physical eye cannot see all the spectrums of light, you cannot see without faith all the possibilities of God. So why settle for what you can see? Why not live for so much more? Why settle for a world dying uh, that is worth infinitely less than, um, than the living God? Why settle for what you can see in this world and what you can understand with your own little brain? See, God wants to give you a kingdom worth more than a world. That's what he wants to do. God wants to give you a kingdom that is worth more than what you can see. Um, God wants to give you a kingdom that will increase your life. God wants to give you a kingdom that is, that is real life. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who, uh, who found a treasure in a field. And he saw something that nobody else saw. And when he saw it and he, and he found this treasure, it was so important to him that he covered it back up so that he would not lose it. And then he went and he sold everything that he had to gain this treasure. The Word of God says in Luke 12, 32, Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Don't be afraid of your past because God has given you something that is bigger than your past. Do not be afraid of the future because God has given you something that is bigger than the future that you fear. Do not be afraid of being alone because God has given you a kingdom where you never will be. Do not be afraid of failure because God has given you a kingdom that is an eternal success that cannot fail. It has beaten death. God wants to give you a kingdom worth more than a world. But you and I have to decide what, what's worth more. That's the heart of these two parables. 
Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he had found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. He made a value decision. He said, this is worth less than that. And if I want that, I have to let go of this. You and I have to choose how real the kingdom of God is and how, how much we want the world and how much we want the kingdom because we can't have both. Jesus tells us in the scripture that, that the kingdom of God is worth more than the world. That's the message of the Bible. That's the message of Jesus' own life is that relationship with him is worth more than, than your relationship in the world and with the world. And you and I have to make a value decision to say, is that true? Am I going to value the world, uh, people's opinions, what I can get in it? Am I going to value all the things that the world offers me? It's, it's broken sexuality, um, it's economy of buying happiness. Am I, going to, am I going to value the world and its way or am I going to value an unseen kingdom? And it's a tough call. I just want to be honest with you. It is a very, very tough call. And the truth is, most people will not be brave enough to give up their world for the kingdom come. More people will try to hold on to their world and, and reach for the kingdom. But that's going to be about as successful as, you know, as trying to buy a car without money. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's kind of like going into the dealership and say, I really like that car. You spend an hour and a half with the dealer. You drive the car. He shows you all the features. You fall in love with, you know, this is just awesome. I want this car. All right, sir, will you follow me into the finance room? Oh, oh wait, 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 wait a minute. I just said I wanted the car. <laughs> I didn't say I was going to pay for it. I didn't say I was going to let it cost me anything. So uh, just hand me the keys and I'll be on my way. Doesn't quite work like that, does it? Because in the kingdom of the world and the kingdom of heaven, there has to be an exchange. There are different economies. But what has to exchange is the heart and the attachment. In Matthew 16, 25, uh, Jesus said, Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good would it be for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? And so Jesus, this, this carpenter from Nazareth, is taking on our whole being in the world. And he's saying, you got to give it up. And if this is like crazy talk. I mean, seriously, to our flesh, to our to our eternal being set inside these temporary fleshly bodies, Jesus is, what he's saying is crazy. And I want you to, to soak in the, the, gosh, the extreme nature of what Jesus is asking. You want to save your life? Lose it. Because only by losing your life for me will you ever find your created purpose. Will you ever find uh, what you're longing for? Will you ever be who you were made to be? Will you ever love like you were, you're, you're longing to love and be loved? Only in me will you find that. And to find me, you have to give up this. 
The truth is, we'd have to be blind not to see the worth of heaven over a world around us, the broken world, a 9-11 world, a world that is a world of so much injustice, a world of, of holocausts, a world of racism, a world of, of people using one another, a world of theft, a world of lying, a world of, of using every advantage of power and, and beauty uh, against other people to lift ourselves up. Can we not see how radically cancerous our world apart from God is? If you and I want to make our home in this world, we're free to do that. Kind of like, you know, you're not just going to rent passage on the Titanic, you're going to buy the stateroom. Okay. It's crazy, but okay. Jesus. He offers more. But against that more, there is a power working to keep you stuck in your world, to keep you broken down, to keep you, you know, to keep you less than, to keep you unhappy, to keep you rooted in your pain, to keep you in every way oppressed and in jail, spiritually speaking. 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says, the God of this age, there is a kingdom that has come. But that kingdom is opposed by, by a, a God of this age, Satan. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. And so God wants to give you a kingdom worth more than the world. There's, there's a worth decision that has to be made. Some of you think that you are worthless. And and the truth is, there could be no greater lie. God considers you worth more than his own life. And so he sacrifices himself upon the cross, is buried, and on the third day raises again because love will not die. You are of infinite worth to Father. You don't have to live your life angry you don't have to live your life lusting. You don't have to live your life using drugs or people. You don't have to live your life searching for recognition and respect at work because none of that will last forever. And so the kingdom of heaven it's like a treasure hidden in a field. Not everybody's going to see it. And some who do see it will say, that's not worth that much. And certainly it's not worth me giving up all that I want and have been living for up to this point. So no thanks God, I'm going to pass. That really isn't my treasure. My treasure is elsewhere. And many will see the offer of this kingdom as, as again, something just just not real. Some other people will hear this message of Jesus and part of them will say yes to it. But part of them will also say, you know what, I, I want the world as well. I want the car, but I don't want to give up anything of value to pay for it. I, and, 
and that doesn't work. So I just want to share with you this one simple thing today above all else. <laughs> and that is that the kingdom only comes to those who let the world go. This is simple and it is deep. Pastor Drew, what do you mean? Here's what I would say. Go spend the rest of your life figuring it out. Because the world that, that you and I are longing for is this world that we construct in our heads that, that we think, if I get this, then life will be okay. So what are you working for? I mean, literally, like, what are you working for? What's the point? Are you just working so that you're going to retire? And then what? Then you're going to, you know, like, what's going to happen then? Then your life will finally be good? Is that the plan? How long is that going to last? I mean, what are we living for? We, we have this idea, some of us here are so angry because life hasn't turned out like we, we demand it to. We're angry at people around us. We're angry at God Almighty because God has allowed this, that, and the other thing to happen to us. God has not been our genie in the bottle to make our life turn out the way we think it should. And so we are so angry at God. Some of us are honest in our anger and we will rage at Him and God can handle that. Many of us are not so honest and we stuff the anger deep down and, and we, we have this kind of religious attitude towards God to, to where we're, you know, we're not going to you know, overtly like flip him off, but secretly down inside, we are. The truth is, the kingdom of God cannot come in your life until you let the world go that, that, that you would find your happiness uh, in, that you would construct as an alternative to God. All the things that you think you're owed, all the ways that you think life should work out, all the ways that in your heart of hearts you're longing to be loved, you have to let everything in the, 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 the construct of your reality, you got to let it all go so that the kingdom of God can come. He went and sold all he had, verse 45, in verse 47, and when he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had. Jesus, this radical, is calling us to give up our attachment to the world. Don't downplay the cost. Don't downplay the depth of that decision. Don't downplay the ramifications of that. This is like the ripple effect of a nuclear bomb. When it goes up, there's a mushroom cloud up, but there's a shock wave that goes out all the way around it. And Jesus is asking you to give up your world, your desires, your, your own um, you know, attempt to be God of your own little kingdom. And, and the shockwaves of what he's asking are just rippling outward. It's hard. It's hard hanging on a cross. And bleeding and hurting and saying, this isn't how I pictured love. This isn't how I would write the win when the cancer comes in your life. And, I, you know, one of my least favorite commercials that I absolutely hate. And every time it comes on, I just want to throw something at the TV. But then that would be expensive, right? <laughs> it's the retirement commercial where the lady comes on. I'm, you know, I'm young. I've got my whole life ahead of me. 
And all I can think of is the, the parable where Jesus says to the, the farmer who was rich and built barns for himself and tore down his small barns so he could be, build bigger. And he said, you fool, your life will be required of you this very night. It's like, lady, you could be dying next week. <laughs> you know, you don't know anything. The kingdom only comes to those who let the world go. And it is hard. And when the cancer comes to let go your vision of the future, um, you know, that is hard. When your child, um, you know, um, you know when, when he goes on drugs, when she comes home pregnant, when, when they're arrested for theft, when, when they don't turn out to be the you that you wanted to be but didn't quite live up to be, and your world begins to shatter, it's hard when you built all your security and all your significance on their success. But in whatever way that it applies to you and you've got to do the work of figuring out your own attachments to the world, um, you have to, if you want the kingdom to come, let it all go. He went and sold all that he had, everything, for the sake of the kingdom. In the end, we are either all in or not in at all. Amen. The cross is the key. Jesus called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, if anyone would come after me, if anyone would value this treasure, if anyone would think that gold is more valuable than, than, than rocks, if anyone would, would come after me, then he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And the picture of the Christian life is someone crucified. I, I promise you, I promise you that, that men, I'll just speak to you, if you are crucified with, with railroad spikes through your hands and through your feet, having had your back laid open, you're probably not struggling with lust a whole lot in that moment. Seriously. I promise you, you know, um, when, when you are in agony on the cross, um, everything else in the world really, really doesn't matter to you much anymore because it's all dying to you. It's all fading out and you're beginning to think of other things that are, that are more significant. See, the price of forgiveness was Jesus' life on the cross but the price of our participation in forgiveness is our life on the cross. And if you and I will not die and give up, and I'm not saying it's a one-time, instant, magic wand, religious moment experience, it's a lifelong journey every day picking up the cross, every day exchanging worlds. <laughs> a world that you cannot keep for a kingdom that you cannot lose. That's real Christianity. Anything else is is fake, dead, deceptive, hell-bound religion. Religious people on the way to hell claim the kingdom of heaven without giving up their lives on earth. They want both. And, and in fact, we will use, we'll use God and Jesus to get more of the world. You hear that in the success gospel all the time. <laughs> but you hear other people doing that as well. You know, God, like, give me this parking place. Hey, fatso, you need to walk. I'm serious, you know? God, here's what I need for my life. How do you know what you need? 
You know, Drew, you don't know anything. You don't, you don't know what's going to happen, how the dominoes will fall. Let me guide your life. Give up your expectations. Give up your desires. Make me your desire. Let me guide your expectations. And I will give you a kingdom. It has pleased me to give you a kingdom that will, in every case, eternally exceed all of our expectations. Here's my prediction. No one when they die and go to heaven, is going to be dissatisfied with the result. Okay? Money back guarantee. We'll review this day. Promise, okay? Psalm 73.9 describes the, 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 the modern Christless church, the modern church that will not get out into a broken world, the modern me church, the modern I got to get ahead at work church, the modern, I got to get a promotion a church, the modern, you know, um, church that refuses to be the church in the world. They're, with their mouths, they lay claim to heaven and their tongues take possession of the earth. It's a hard thing to say, but Jesus modeled it, Paul modeled it, every true believer has modeled it. There's this separation from valuing the earth and this, this you know, this increasing valuing of the kingdom of God, and it translates into a different way of living and being on planet earth. 1 John 2.15 says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. And, and, and you see how true believers, uh, the kingdom comes in their life as they let the world go. This was true of Paul. In Philippians 3.8, he says, What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ. In the verses right before this, Paul was talking about all the success that he had had. Religiously, Paul was rocketing to the top of his field. Religiously, Paul had respect. You know, he really, really did. He had everything. And I guarantee you, his Jewish mother was very proud of him. <laughs> For, for being the, the rabbi who was advancing beyond anybody around him. But Paul, Paul says this, I considered all the loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them to be trash for the sake of knowing Christ. The kingdom only comes to those who let the world go. And if you want Jesus and an affair, you can't have both. Um, if you want Jesus and, uh, you know, and, and money is your security, I'm sorry, you, you can't have both. If you want Jesus and uh, the worship of other people, the adoration and respect of other people, I'm sorry, you, you, you can't have both. You, you have to choose where the value will lie in your life, in the world and in your own ideas and heads that you just made up or in the revelation of the kingdom of God. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to get radical and give your life completely to Jesus. I want you to give up your vision of the future and then just spend your life seeking the kingdom first. We, we've talked about that, haven't we? Somewhere? To think kingdom first and left, to let God give you a future and a kingdom that is of his creation. And it won't look like the future that, that you want and are anticipating, that I want, and but it'll be better. I'm praying that God will raise up in the church of Seven Run uh, um, a core group of, of people who will, who will so encourage one another and, and there'll be this synergy and this this 
kind of catalytic reaction that, 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 that we, out of all the world, will be a group of people who truly want, are willing to give up our lives in the world for the sake of the kingdom that has come. See, there's three common elements in true salvation. Number one is deep disappointment. In my own spiritual journey, um, there, there came a place where I, I really had this growing dissatisfaction with the world around me. And even, even at a younger age, I, I began to look around and, and see there's really a, a couple of paths. I, I had these religious friends uh, that I called them religious. They were Christ followers, and I came to see that, and, and I didn't want to have anything to do with them. There's got to be some better answer than Jesus, right? So I'm looking over here, and I, and I see the popularity path, but I see a lot of shallowness and just cruelty and people using any means of power to put other people down, whether it's, you know, again, and that's fallen, broken human nature. We're always looking for some way to be above somebody else. So stupid. So crazy. Um, there, there's, there's the path of, of you know, that, that popularity path. There's the path of, of, you know, just, you know, satisfaction through sexuality. And, and I saw, you know, guys using um, girls in a serial fashion and the brokenness that that produced in 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 both sides and it's just like that's insanity to lie to people and think you can build a life that's that's true i mean how does that work I, so or you're going to numb the pain you're going to be the party person who uh you know is going to pretend you're happy and you're working so hard to convince everybody else that you're happy <coughs> you know that everybody can see through your misery you know even as you're dancing or you're the person who who is trying to numb the pain with drugs or alcohol weed whatever but but like there's no life in that world and at some point you got to just get really disappointed with all that and say this this is worthless so let me ask you do you do you think your life in the world is is like all you need because if you do that's all you're going to get i'm praying for a growing disappointment in your heart well thanks pastor drew <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I'm praying that you will be deeply disappointed by life in your own strength, by life in this world. The second common element in true salvation is, is captured attention. There is something that happens with people who are truly saved where Jesus gets their attention. I mean, this, this merchant saw this pearl and said, that's it, that's the one. The guy walking through the field walks by what other people have walked by, but he sees value where others saw none. To be truly saved is to, to let Jesus have your heart and your attention in a way that never turns back again. To let Jesus capture your attention, and I mean really capture it so, so that he becomes the longing of your life. He becomes what you're looking for in your life. It's not a passing fancy. It, it's, it's the burning center of your life. And the third common element of people who are truly saved is, is committed desperation. To, to do as the one man did, to fall at the feet of Jesus and, and cling there. To Mary, as she, she falls at Jesus' feet and, and, and breaks open a, bar, a jar of perfume worth a year's salary. 60 grand, 80 grand, you know, whatever. And, and, and with her own hair at his feet, she wipes the dirt off of Jerusalem streets. It's a committed desperation that has to rise up in your life. You, you can't kind of ease your way into the kingdom and, and kind of be cool with this. You've got to be all in. 
I mean, like jumping out of the airplane when you're, when you're out, you're out. And, and now you're desperate for this parachute thing to work. And when you become a follower of Jesus, you know, you, 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 it's Jesus. And it's not a little bit of Jesus and a whole lot of world. It's like the world forever shrinks for you and Jesus forever grows bigger. In John 6, 66, um, Jesus said some hard things and the disciples were, were struggling with it. And the scripture says, honestly, I mean, it's interesting, 666. And from that day, many no longer followed him. They turned their attention elsewhere. And Jesus turns to Peter and he says, what about you? Are you going to walk away? And Peter says, hey, Jesus, to whom are we going to go? You alone have the words of life. Jesus is saying there, or Peter was saying, there is no plan B. <laughs> you know, Jesus, you're it. You're all I've got. And to be truly saved, that's what you have to say in your life. I'm not going to try to hold on to the world and reach for the cross. I've given up the world and the cross is my life. Christ is my life. The kingdom coming is my focus. And so today I'm just going to ask you, if you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask you to get radical. I don't want you to be religious. God forbid that you be religious. Revelation 3 said, I wish that you were hot or cold. But as it is, you are lukewarm and I'm about to vomit you out of my mouth. God hates lukewarm religion. But he loves people who are broken enough and cold so that they can see, man, I want to be warm. And he loves people who cross the line and says, Jesus, I, I'm all in. Not because I'm all that but because you are the I am. And so I'm going to ask you, if you've never given your life to Jesus today, to, to just make up your mind whether you're going to try to find your life in the world and be rewarded by a, a grave, or whether you're going to give your life to Jesus and value him first and, and last and above all. If you've never accepted him, here's how you do it. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. I admit that I have sinned, take control of my life, and make me the kind of person that you want me to be. Man, it's that easy. It's right here on the back of your worship folder. I'm going to ask the, the guys that, to, to leave the lights up just a little bit in, the, in these next few moments. And I'm going to ask you guys to do something else different. I'm going to ask you to stay seated during the next song. Because this is a time you've got to decide whether or not you're willing to give all that you have had to gain the kingdom that God wishes to give to you. If you're a believer here today and, and uh, you know, you're frustrated with God, your spiritual life is flatlined, you're, you're not on fire for God, I guarantee you part of the issue is, is that you're frustrated with, with God not giving you the world. He never will. He's going to give you a kingdom and it's going to look different than the world that you want. You have to let go of the world you want to receive the kingdom that he would give. I'm going to ask you if you're a believer here today to give up your agenda, your plans. I'm going to ask you to give up every attachment that you have to the world that is cancerous and reach for Jesus. And during these next few moments, this is your time to, to be honest and responsive to God. And if you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, on your chair, there's a card there. I'm going to ask you to check the box on there that says, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And without any arm twisting, we will walk with you, meet with you, take you to lunch, whatever, and share with you how you can do that. 
if you want a kingdom that's worth more than the world. So you stay seated and you make a decision that will echo not only through eternity, but for the rest of your time on planet Earth. Thank you for joining us today at the Church at Severn Run. Please visit our website at severnrun.com for church service information, staff directories, or for prayer requests. And if you're in the D.C. Baltimore area, we'd love to have you join us at 8187 Telegraph Road in Severn, Maryland. We look forward to worshiping with you.